Welcome to the first episode ever of Trashier Divorces. It's your off-week bonus, and it's all you. It's all you. You're the stars. I it's mean, amazing. It's We call ourselves a good podcast about bad relationships. This week, it's your bad relationships. Yeah. We asked. We did not know. We had a backup plan to just go ask our divorced friends to write up their story. Please like, write. If nobody writes in, could you yeah. please write? Yeah. No. You guys. We well, asked. Y'all delivered. It's been quite a week uh, of uh, reading emails. <laughs> we each have three stories today, three up, three down mm-hmm. of a gamut of sure. different trashy divorces. But don't worry if yours did not get read this week. Like We've had such a good time this week. We're going to figure out how to incorporate this on the, uh, I don't know about somewhere on, for yeah, sure. I don't know about on the regular, but certainly more. <laughs> so what we're saying is, please keep sending them to Send trashy divorces at gmail Amazing stories. They're so good. So we each have three up, three down this week. Just stay tuned before mm-hmm. we get to the trashier divorces listener letters. God, please, Mister Postman. Let's talk about Patreon for a Let's second. Let's talk about Patreon. Do you want to do the magic mirror first or what we did on Patreon? Both are exciting. We, yeah, let's talk about what we did. Okay. Um, you this week premiered Trashy I, Politics trashy, on $10 Tuesday. Trashy Politics. Yeah, this week, uh, was it uh, Bill O'Reilly? Uh, trash. What a trashy bag. Ooh, Wednesday, $5 Wednesday, I continued our Trashy Tutors tour and did a little in-depth profile of Margaret Beaufort, mother of the Tudor dynasty and... Probably dragons, too. Uh, we did a big old kitchen sink full of dirty dishes on Thursday's Trashy Tidbits. And yep. y'all, coming up this week, right. Trashtrology will be out tomorrow for our Libra friends, our scale balancers. I love our Libras. And then you've got a bonus divorce headed our way. Oh, I do have a bonus Your divorce. September okay. bonus. $10 Tuesday, y'all. I'm covering the bonus divorce of... Andy Williams and Claudine Langer. Killer Claudine. Killer Claudine. And then we're going to, after we cover their trashy divorce, we're going to spin that off into the killing of Spider Savage, Claudine's live-in boyfriend. And there's also some John Denver spider webs because Spider Savage was next door neighbors with John Denver in Aspen. Y'all, the story is spider web central and I love it. Don't forget, also, next Wednesday, we'll have the last of the September Trashy Tutors. That's going to happen this week because season four launches Sunday, September 29th. And on October 2nd, we have a whole new limited series coming on Wednesdays on Patreon, Side Chicks. So good. Yeah. We're excited about Side Chicks. excited about this. Shall we move on to the Magic Mirror? Magic Mirror. Y'all are the best. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Yes. You are literally amazing. Literally amazing. Uh, I will will open us up with tremendous thanks to... And fanfare. And fanfare. Don't forget the fanfare. Fanfare and gratitude for Kenda H., Ashley, Katie H., Emily, Katie, Molly M., Avona, Giovanna, Laura, Kathleen B., Kim S, Logan S, Amber Lynn, Amanda, Shenna T, Anna M, Helen S, Diana K, Shannon A, Megan C, Marion C, and HJ. Thank you. Thank y'all for joining us over on Patreon. The best. We are hoping that you are loving all of the stuff that you can listen to over there. We have fun making it. So dishy. 
All right. You're ready to start this trashy list of Maria. This is so good. Hey, thank you so much again for sending stuff in to us. Y'all are stars. You You are are rock stars. stars. And your stories have moved us and made us laugh and occasionally uh, filled us with fury. Oh, some tears too. Don't forget the tears. Sure. sure, Stay tuned for the teary part at the end. All right. You ready to get this trashy podcast started? I am. Yes. Go, go, go. So Team Trash Candy really delivered this week, Alicia. So many good. So, I can't even wait to, I can't wait. Do it. You're going to go. Go. I'm, go, I'm going first. Go. I'm going first. This one has, oh my God, the trash baggery in this is like astronomical. Okay. Hello, Stacy and Alicia. This listener would like us to know that uh, she is an Ori, uh, Aries Taurus, an Aries. She's an Aries Taurus cusp and that she has twice been married to Capricorn men. Nope. Never going to work. I guess, guess what? It probably doesn't. Right. She's like, Alicia, please proceed with an astrology. Oh, no. Okay. She did not name um, either of her two Capricorn husbands. I have taken the liberty, though, of naming the first one Shitbag. Perfect. So we will be referring to him as Shitbag throughout the story. Great. Because he's a shitbag. The first (laughs) marriage to Shitbag lasted about eight years and produced two wonderful children. I met and married him within three months. We were both 18 and underage drinking in a bar. Shitbag was fresh out of boot camp just after 9-11. The world right then was crazy for everyone, so why not get married to a guy you know literally nothing about? It's the most logical thing to do. So I did. He stayed in the military, and we made it through multiple deployments to Iraq. Shitbag got home in 2003, and it wasn't long before I became pregnant with our second child. The day my pregnancy was confirmed was the same day I found out I had gonorrhea. <gasps> I am not a cheater, and there was only one place it could have come from. I should have left then. Oh, my God. So Maria. She finds out that, the, um, that she is pregnant with a second daughter. Shitbag became physically abusive after learning this. He wanted a boy. I, he got depressed because he's blame got, your own chromosomes, dude. He'd have two daughters. Boo hoo, right? Like just shitbag. During the pregnancy, he would sometimes drink too much and hit me. He was verbally abusive too. So just a super winner of a dude. Shitbag. So he kept himself busy playing World of Warcraft. He deployed again. He came home again. His unit thought he was great and sent him out of state for specialized training. Oh, good. But then he got hurt in an accident and had to leave the military for medical reasons. Cool. They decide. Oh, no. They decide to move to Oklahoma where his family is. Perfect. she says this is really good for her because her family's dysfunctional and she'd been really close to his family. So... That works. And and like I, with military families, that makes perfect sense. Like, sure. Hubby's gone for long periods of time. Anyway, six months later, n- now they're in Oklahoma. Shitbag drops the bombshell on me that he no longer wants to be married. Oh. To her. After I uprooted my whole life and did that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I was 27 with two small children and no real work history. Our car was in his name. So no car. Oh, I no. ended up having to move myself and our daughters in with his grandparents. <gasps> yeah. She says, I gave up my entire identity to support this man. And in oh. the end, I filed for divorce with help from his grandmother. Oh, my God. Turns out he was seeing a girl he went to high school with. Of course he was. He moved in with her. <gasps> 
the divorce was finalized on what would have been their ninth wedding anniversary, Shitbag told me that he intended to marry the girlfriend. In oh my God. March, they hopped a plane to Vegas and did the deed. Hey, A plus on naming this cat. That's all I'm saying, because he's a shitbag. He's a shitbag. Uh, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> fast forward two years. He now wants full custody of our daughters. The daughters I had basically been The ones he didn't want? On my own. Shitbag would go weeks without seeing them. He barely paid child support, but he did not approve of my new boyfriend. So he was going to take the children away. And this, is, this, this section is why I was like, I have to tell this one. This is so, this is horrifying is what this is. He checks the girls out of school at the start of Christmas break and kept them from me for three weeks. He barely let me speak to them on the phone. I was broke. An attorney only took my case after I signed a contract that I would give him my tax refund. Like, this is this should not ha- This is shameful. This that is this, shameful. That this happened. This happens yeah. routinely, too. Like, this is just a shameful fact about our legal system. We went before the same judge who signed off on Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert's divorce. Oh, my God. Uh, and the judge ordered him to give me my girls back. This was the beginning of a 10-month battle. His attorney created fake profiles with my picture on Adult Friend Finder. No. And used that to try to show the judge that I was out being promiscuous. Like, just they, lies. Mm-hmm, just, yeah, totally uh. fabricated. They had an investigator drive past my house multiple times, taking pictures of random cars parked near my house. I guess to show that there's like a parade of dudes coming and going or something. They had stacks of papers attempting to prove how unfit I was. At one point, the same grandmother who had helped me was now testifying against me. She told the judge that she was the one who usually fed and bathed my daughters, which was true. At 4 p.m., she left out the part about how I worked until 5, Monday to Friday. Oh, no. The last straw was the hair follicle test I had to take. Oh, my God. clearly they were like, oh, and she does drugs. Like, fucking shitbag. I had a video clip of Shitbag wearing a gas mask that was attached to a bong. Oh, good. He was a big enough idiot to record himself smoking weed through the bong. What an My idiot. attorney used this video in my defense, but I still ended up having to take the hair follicle test. I've always had long hair, and it was traumatic to have my ex-husband and his wife laugh at me as I cried while they clipped a section out of my hair. Fast forward three months, and the judge rules in my favor, which... Obviously, was going Obviously. to happen. Yeah. Like I can't. I'm so frustrated that he was allowed to create this amount of trauma for like his ex-wife and their children. This is so it's shameful. Mm-hmm. Okay, the judge said it was obvious that I was trying my best to provide for my girls despite all of the obstacles I faced. Two years later, I meet another guy. This time, Sagittarius Capricorn cusp, so still still cappy. Okay. We took things a little slower. Big surprise, the ex-husband had a problem with my new boyfriend. Oh, God. So at this point, my dad... Ex-husband's already remarried. He's done. This should not be any of ex-husband's shipbag. Controlling shipbag. Back off, dude. Yeah, controlling It's none of your business. So at this point, my dad was battling stage four cancer the day my dad died shitbag screamed in my face about how i can't just have random people around his daughters oh his daughters <laughs> oh my god shitbag his daughters so yeah my father's body was not even cold and this jackass was trying to tell me what to do i told him that i'd been seeing this guy for six months and that he could fuck right off not long after the new boyfriend moved into my house 
which prompted Custody Battle Part 2. So Shitbag has a real sense of timing. It's, it's almost poetic. I was served with papers on what would have been our 13th wedding <sighs> anniversary. Seriously, you can't make this up. Oh my god. I called my attorney. She said to either have the boyfriend move out or get married. We married five months later. Oh. <laughs> Another marriage I should have never entered into. Um, husband number two had not been married before, so he wanted a big wedding. And she was like, okay. So she makes this happen. And she says, he barely lifted a finger and paid for almost nothing. Oh, no. I had to DIY the whole thing, a wedding and reception in five months. Six months after that, hubby number two gets laid off from his job. And then he announces that he can't take another full-time job in his field because it wouldn't pay as much. So he goes to work as a bouncer at a strip club. Oh, my God. Yeah. And no, I, I, I made a note here in red. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, okay. She continues. I got him to quit that mess, and he ended up with a part-time job in his field. Meanwhile, I'm working full-time and trying to complete my degree while taking care of my daughters care two kids. and grieving the death of my Jeez. father. Hubby number two works 30-ish hours a week, won't clean, isn't rocking the world as a step-parent. Last summer, I worked two jobs to support us while also working on my degree. It was like having a third child. And as frustrations mounted, he started to get mean. Initially, it was just verbal, but one night he got drunk and shoved me. No. He moved out for two days, but came back. When my birthday came around, he gave me a homemade cake and nothing else. He said he was broke, and I was like, you can't read a calendar and plan ahead? Wow. Which it sounds like he actually can't. Yikes. <laughs> we joke about it, but I mean... <laughs> The following week was my graduation. I had finally earned my bachelor's in psychology. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. A friend was getting married the same day and hubby too was in the wedding party. So he came to my graduation and when that wrapped up, he went off to the wedding. At four o'clock the next morning, he wakes oh, me up no. with a phone call telling me he'd crashed his truck while driving <sighs> drunk. Oh. So instead of spending the day after my graduation celebrating my accomplishment, as we had planned, we spent the day looking for things that had flown out of his truck when he flipped it. Oh my God. On Mother's Day, I hoped that he would make some effort, but he blew it off and said he didn't have to do shit because I'm not his mother. <gasps> nope. Nobody. A huge fight nope. followed. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hubby nope. too moved out. Side note on what would have been our fourth anniversary. Seriously, these guys. Hubby too returned to the house and took the televisions and a recliner. <laughs> oh my God. I get the feeling maybe she was not home when this happened. Just come take my furniture. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I, like I get the feeling like basically he broke into uh, their house. <laughs> okay. The divorce has not been finalized, but it will be soon. <laughs> we, we all hope so. We all hope so. At this point, you may be thinking that I'm an idiot, but I'm really not. Uh, we don't think you're an idiot. We, we don't think you're we, an idiot. You got, a, you got a degree in psychology. Dude, for real. That's amazing. Uh-huh. While fucking... Taking care of shitbag and shitbag And working junior five and, jobs. Yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, I'm raising your kids. Like, no, we don't think you're an idiot. So she says, all I've wanted in both marriages was to keep my family together and give my daughters some stability. Instead, I've given them terrible examples of what marriage should be. I have regrets, but I can at least laugh a little about how trashy my divorces have been. And I can promise you this. This Aries Taurus cusp will never marry another Capricorn. And that's a pretty good lesson. Yeah. Gonna also, just... that lawyer, 
uh, shitbag's lawyer should be yeah, disbarred. Like that can't. is that is, he he perpetrated a fraud on the court on purpose. What? Like I, you know what? I hope that your psychology degree leads you to great wealth so that you can actually go after that fucking lawyer. <laughs> My psych degree is mostly because I dated a bunch of shitbags, too, and wanted to try to like understand their behavior. Sure. Number one, you can't change them. Right. Uh, right. But no, that was amazing. Was... How many trash cans does that get? Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Like, dude, husband in Iraq picked up gonorrhea. Like, a lot. 27 <laughs> trash bags. 27 trash bags sounds really good. Uh, yeah. yeah, 27 trash cans. Like out of 10? Out of 10, <laughs> yes. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for sending that in. Amazing. What a story. Yeah. And really, congratulations on your accomplishments because... We celebrate them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what's up with men. Like, the attention's not on me for two minutes because you've done something great. So, shit bag. Yeah, Hate seriously. that guy. All right. All right. You've got one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bring it, bring it. This divorce is from our friend, Stockard Channing, <laughs> which is, that's what's up. Sure. Uh, in the interest of anonymity, Stockard has sent in her story using alias names of famous people. Sure. Who... And to be clear, this did not actually come from the actress, Stockard Channing. Oh, this is her alias, is Stockard I... Channing. No, Stockard Channing, that would be really cool. It Stockard would be Channing, really cool. But... This is the other Stockard Channing. Stockard Channing, if you're listening, drop us a line. So Stockard <laughs> used alias names based on their character traits oh, to substitute oh, in for people in the story. Okay. So it begins with my sister-in-law. Let's call her Princess Margaret. Oh. Not because she was beautiful and born into wealth and status, but because she has massive delusions of grandeur oh. and uses those delusions to behave like an asshole to those around her. Wonderful. Princess Margaret was traveling overseas with her best friend, Loris Tyrell. <sighs> Put a pin in that for later. Okay, wait, he's the flower knight? He's the he's gay, right? He's the gay one. Put a pin in that for later. Okay. Okay. And met a lovely, sweet guy. Let's call him Tommy Baratheon. Oh, shit. Princess Margaret and Tommy Baratheon marry and move overseas to live. Soon they have a son, Augustus Gloop. Who from day one has been a massive asshole child, all capital letters. <laughs> Side note, I'm not in the business of calling kids massive assholes, but this kid was, and still is, all these years later, a massive asshole. My kids are way younger than him, yet he constantly boasts about how he can run faster than, read better than them, makes fun of them when they can't do freaking maths as fast as he can. Also, when he was a toddler, he'd grab my cats by their ears and scream in their faces because he thought that was funny. No. Yep. Princess Margaret dismissed my protests with, you'll see when you have children. Oh my God. But I digress. But you digress. When my husband, Hugh Jackman, her brother, proposed, we decided to get married in Las Vegas by Elvis. Oh, because neither of us are very religious and Vegas looked like fun. Hey, that's that's we both got Vegas weddings in our stories. Love it. Well, Princess Margaret really didn't like this idea and trash talked it on Facebook and refused to come. What? Yeah. Living overseas at the time, it was just a few hours by plane for her because, yeah, Uh, she did not come on the grounds that it was a tacky thing to do and marriage should be taken more seriously. Uh. Anyway. I have a feeling this is going to take a turn. 
Just before Augustus Gloop reached school age, she announced to her husband that she wants Augustus to have an Australian education and will be moving him back there. Also, she can be closer to her family this way. Tommen, her husband, Mm -hmm. apparently blindsided by this, hastily started taking intensive English language lessons as he's in medicine and speaking English is kind of important over there for that line of work. Yeah. In the end, Tommen's English wasn't coming along as well as it needed to be, and he also didn't want to leave his elderly mother who lives alone, so they got divorced. Oh, Jesus. And Princess Margaret took Augustus back to Australia. <laughs> they moved into a flat with Loris Tyrell, who became a de facto father figure to Augustus. Okay. And Tommen flies in once a year to visit. Okay. I mean, that sounds incredibly painful, but, um, but I, you know... It- but sounds, wait. Sounds good for Loris Tyrell. One day, out of the blue, Princess Margaret and Loris Tyrell announce that Princess Margaret is pregnant and Loris is the father and it was all done via IVF. Wow. Another side note. <laughs> I thought this was a really lovely thing for Princess Margaret to do as Loris has always wanted to be a father and is really good at dealing with Augustus. They've been the best of friends for decades. Their baby, Blue Ivy, <laughs> was born. <laughs> And unlike her brother, is an absolute delight to behold. I knew her older brother at the same age, and she is totally not a massive asshole, (laughs) all capital letters. Okay, do I still have you? Because the trash bit's coming up. Oh, good. So right after Blue Ivy's birth, Princess Margaret started dating a Latino backpacker that she met on Tinder. We'll call him Antonio Banderas. (laughs) Who himself has an ex-partner and young daughter back in his home country. Loris is also dating an 18-year-old guy. He's half Filipino, so I'm going to call him Andrew Kananen. <laughs> this coming Christmas, Tommen is coming for his yearly visit, and we're all having Christmas dinner at my father-in-law's house. Oh, the awkwardness. His ex-father-in-law. So picture this guest list, if you will, for Christmas. Coming up. Princess Margaret, Loris Tyrell, her gay baby daddy, Tom and Baranthian, Still hurt and bitter ex-husband. Oh, God. Antonio Banderas, new boyfriend. Andrew Kananen, baby daddy's boyfriend. Augustus Gloop and Blue Ivy. Stockard Channing, Hugh Jackman, and her kids. Oh, my God. Um, Stockard, we wish you the happiest of holidays. And Happy I, holidays, I friend. I hope that you will send us a report after this happens. I'm going to tell Stockard there... Um, there's a funny story in my house with Thanksgiving and finally got invited to the adult table at Thanksgiving. And it was the 2006 year of the Dixie chicks where I predicted Obama would be president with all my Republican uncles at the table. Sure. So I'm hoping Stockard Channing that your Christmas goes better than the Dixie chicks, Obama debacle of 2006 and Thanksgiving in my family. But that was a fuckload of a good story. It was happy a- Christmas. Yeah. And excellent, excellent use of pseudonyms there. Oh, super Just good. A plus. Trash cans for Princess Mark. I don't. That's pretty trashy. <sighs> Let's go 17 out of 10, mostly for the screaming in the cat's faces and being like, oh, you'll you'll understand one day. Can we go ahead and give a massive asshole kid like 10 trash cans just for just, just as own? a bonus? Sure. Perfect. Sure. Augustus Gloop. That's Agreed. The, yeah. Okay. Agreed. All right. Up next. I have a story that has everything. Tell me. Seriously, listeners, you are so amazing. Y'all did and, amazing. Um, we are. Our week has been 
outstanding. And seriously, it's noon on Saturday and we're sitting here drinking wine and telling your stories and it couldn't be more fun. This so is, this is the best recording day ever. Go. Okay. My friend Olivia's trashy divorce took place almost a decade ago at this point. Olivia grew up in a wealthy suburban neighborhood outside a major city. Her parents had one of those ideal marriages you read about in storybooks, and since she was an only child, she was the center of their lives. Aww. Unfortunately, when it came to relationships, Olivia didn't learn from her parents' examples. No, no. She dated loser after loser, guys with no jobs, guys who were mean, guys who put her down. I see you, you boo. I see you. <laughs> I see you, Olivia. You name it, she found it and fell in love with it. I'm like I'm imagining these people as like college roommates or something and like our listener is just like fuck I can't believe okay uh Olivia's future husband Duncan <laughs> was the child of a single mother and had moved around a lot in his childhood finally landing in the suburbs when he was a teenager he and his family had a lot of struggles but his one constant was his best friend Beatrice who he was always a little bit in love with I'm thinking red flag there Beatrice was a great friend to Duncan, but that's it, just a friend. She made this clear by marrying their mutual friend Henry shortly after college. Duncan eventually realized that they would only ever be friends and decided to move on. Okay. I feel like they've just... This is going to go badly. I feel like she's just put a gun in in the first scene of the play. (laughs) Planted. Set it there on the stage. No, it's good. It's good. I I see it. We'll get back to that later, I'm sure. Okay. Duncan and Olivia grew up only a few towns apart. And even had mutual friends, but they never actually met until they both joined a local softball league in their 20s. They are both hyper-competitive and immediately started in on each other, making fun of each other and picking on each other like little kids. They went from trading insults to trading kisses in only a matter of weeks, and things moved really quickly from there. Young love. Young love. Olivia fell in love with the fact that Duncan could verbally spar with her, but he had a good heart for once. For once. (laughs) Within a year, they were engaged, and shortly after that, they were married. Oh, Olivia. One sticking point the couple never really addressed was the fact that Duncan desperately wanted kids, and Olivia was adamant about never having a child. Eventually, Olivia gave in, and a few years into their marriage, the couple welcomed a baby boy. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. The couple moved to a new town and a bigger house, only to find that they hated this new area and felt really lonely. Olivia immediately went into... Story. Olivia immediately went into a deep postpartum depression and Duncan took on extra work at his job. So life was stressful on top of all the normal stresses a new baby brings. Shortly after Olivia went back to work post maternity leave, Beatrice called Duncan in a panic. Their landlord was kicking them out of their house and she, Henry, and their two kids were going to be homeless if they didn't find a new home within two weeks. Oh no. What's a friend to do? Right. Well, and they're isolated and lonely and, you know. Olivia and Duncan made a deal with them. If Henry and Beatrice took care of their son a few days a week, their family could stay with them until they found a new place to live. Oh. <sighs> Everyone assumed the arrangement would that only be... That gun's still on the stage? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think, okay. I think someone may be reaching for it by this point. Oh. Everyone assumed the arrangement would only be for a month or two. I'm guessing. <laughs> At first, things were great. Olivia and Beatrice really hit it off. It was incredibly helpful to have extra hands around the house, since it really does take a village to raise a baby, and the two couples and their kids became one big happy family. Over time, though, things started to go wrong. What was supposed to be one month or two had turned into almost half a year. (laughs) Henry and Beatrice weren't working and were always borrowing things from Olivia and Duncan. Henry would go out with his friends late at night. Beatrice got worried and started spending more time confiding in her best friend Duncan. 
Oh. Olivia began to get jealous of Duncan and Beatrice's relationship, leading to more fights and snapping. Everyone knew the arrangement had to end, but ah, no one was sure how to pull the trigger. Dun dun. Lucky for everyone, this issue would be solved by the police. Oh my god. At 5 a.m. one cool (gasps) fall morning. The house was awoken with a knock upon the door. And we all know how police knocks sound. (laughs) Mag light knock. Upon answering, a group of armed police officers swarmed the house with a search warrant. Oh my god. Apparently the night before, Henry had borrowed Olivia's car to go visit a friend. The friend and Henry then used this car as their getaway car after robbing a (gasps) 7-Eleven. What? I don't mean to laugh at the misfortune, but boy. The police caught them and were able to tie them to a string of local robberies over the past several months, all used to fuel their heroin addiction. (gasps) Henry was arrested on the spot and admitted he'd been doing heroin in the house with the children for months and committed multiple armed robberies. Olivia freaked out and told Beatrice and her kids they had to find another place to live right away. This should have been the end of things, but Beatrice convinced the couple that she really had no idea about her husband's addictions and actions. Henry was sentenced to a long stint in federal prison. Yeah, I bet. And Beatrice immediately filed for divorce. Olivia even encouraged Duncan to check up on Beatrice, bringing food, coffee, and other treats, as well as inviting her to go out with them on date nights so she could get out of the house. No, no. Shockingly, two months later, after a huge fight, Duncan told Olivia he wanted a divorce. A week later, Olivia found a love note from Beatrice and Duncan's stuff. Oh, I was afraid that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Bang. Mm-hmm. That gun got picked up. In case you thought <laughs> in case you thought this was the trashiest part of the divorce, it's not over yet. Mm-mm. Olivia and Duncan didn't file for divorce right away and actually went back and forth for a few years trying to fix things until one day Duncan said he'd had enough and filed the paperwork. Since they share custody of their son, the couple keeps in touch. But Duncan refused to ever let Olivia come by his house. She figured it was because he wanted to keep her and Beatrice apart, which makes sense. About a year after the paperwork was filed, the couple was on better terms when Duncan reached out and let Olivia know that Beatrice had a baby. Oh, congrats. Olivia congratulated him and asked how old the child was, and that's when she learned it was a year old. (gasps) So no wonder she hasn't been able to go to the house for two Uh years. Oh, my God. Yeah. So for the past two years. Where did that baby come from? Duncan hid his girlfriend's pregnancy and subsequent birth of their child from Olivia. Oh, my God. Their son had a half sibling and Olivia had no idea. Good Lord. Wow. Okay. As the saying goes, all's well that ends well. Beatrice and Duncan ended up marrying about two years after the divorce and are still happily together. Henry got clean, is now out of jail, and is living a healthy, sober lifestyle. Olivia and Duncan share 50-50 custody of their son and even spend some holidays together. That's nice. She's built a friendship back with Beatrice as well. At last, Olivia broke her pattern of dating assholes and has been in a serious, stable, and happy relationship for two years now. Good for you, Olivia. Yeah. In the end, the divorce turned out to be the best thing for everyone, but getting there involved drugs, cops, arrests, and secret children. (laughs) Ten out of ten trash cans. A hundred out of ten trash cans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. I mean, you're at ten automatically if the police show up at 5 a.m. armed at your door with an arrest warrant. Yikes. And and there is a note here at the end that uh, all of the names come from Shakespeare. I was about to say, they're all Shakespearean names, so definitely change. All right. So that was wonderful. Wow. 100 out of 10. (laughs) Thank you. 
dear listener. That's amazing. Good podcast about bad relationships, show. All right, next up. This letter is from Carrie with the story of her parents' trashy divorce. Oh. Her name isn't really Carrie. I just made that up. Okay. (laughs) Great. My parents met when my mom, Diana, decided to get her master's in a different country than the one she was born and raised in. Okay. The institution helped her get opportunities that she'd been working on back home so she could kind of stay in the loop. Okay. Not long after arriving in her new country, Diana met Cletus. (laughs) He was a transplant to the area, but from just a small ways over. He'd started his career in news, and since he was traveling all over, their romance was done via telephone for Hmm. the most part. Okay. Oh, Diana found out the hard way that I can change him is not something she or any other intelligent woman can manage. No. Cletus could barely keep up with cooking and cleaning. His diet was atrocious and everything he did was literally the bare minimum. He burnt bridges in several places, causing him slim pickings in career options. Ooh. They got married in 1980-something. <laughs> Right before the wedding, Cletus had told his parents that he wanted to run the fuck out of the church. Oh, like wedding day. Mm -hmm. Yikes. His mother convinced him to stay because there was no way he was going to embarrass the family, all capital letters that day. Yep. Side note. I love my grandparents, but this was the dumbest fucking thing they ever did or said. I, yeah. During the ceremony, part of Diana's ensemble caught on fire. If that ain't symbolism, I don't know what There is. is no symbolism if that is not symbolism. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Dress on fire. Okay. Just over a year later, Carrie, their first and only baby, arrived. Mm. Diana was thrilled since after graduation, she'd been a bit stuck career-wise. Cletus, meanwhile, decided the arrival of his new child was a perfect time to get fired from the last good job available to oh, him. Oh, Jesus. Wheels spinning. Cletus uh, looked at a map and convinced my mom that, hey, if we went back to where you're from, your parents could help out with the kid. Which is not a terrible, I mean, okay. Even with all the goodwill in the world, my extended family had a fairly well-known business and such were recognizable names in the community. Cletus still found it in him to ruin job prospects. At one, he literally got on a desk and started screaming at a room full of people. Old Cletus. Uh, I don't know what to. No, it wow. gets worse. What no, a this is toxic workplace that would be. No, t- Cletus is toxic. Okay, so Carrie was about a year old when my mom finally got the picture. I was crying in my crib, and Cletus, in a rare move, went in to check on me. Diana heard me wailing in a different way and raced to the oh, nursery. No. He was shaking and yelling at me to shut me up. His child, oh, who was God. under one year old. Oh my God. I was snatched out of his grubby hands and back into my mother's loving arms. It was that night, somehow, some way, Diana called a relative and asked to start divorce proceedings. Good for you, Diana. Good for you, Diana. Back then, there had to be a certain length of time passed as a separation to show things were all over. Cletus made it super easy by darting back home to the safety of his home country after my first birthday without so much as an explanation. So in 1980, when they finally got in front of a judge in my mom's city, the issue of custody of yours truly, Carrie, came up. Cletus looked Diana dead in the eye and across the aisle and said, you can have her. Oh, Jesus. 
What followed was my mother finally succeeding in her preferred profession back home after years of struggling and my dad, well, being himself, never staying in one place too terribly long until he started to get gray hairs in a new wife who uses passive aggressiveness as her weapon of choice. It was only at 13 that Diana told me about Cletus's true nature. Up until then, I'd been a daddy's girl, but suddenly realized why the perfect picture didn't fit the frame. Our relationship deteriorated to the point where he began sending me angry and pouting emails, mm. demanding my love and sympathy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how you get it. As a result, Carrie hasn't spoken to Cletus in over five years. Uh, that's tough. T- little moral of the story to wrap. If he won't take care, oh, again, all capital letters. <laughs> if he won't take care of himself, he ain't going to help you take care of you or your baby. Wow. Carrie did that better than I ever could. That's the, you got to be able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Until you can take care of yourself, you have no business yeah, in this yeah, earth getting married. Yeah. Good for Diana. Cletus, I feel really bad that you already stole the name of Shitbag for this episode because yeah. Cletus sounds like one. He does. I don't know. That's a lot of trash cans. Yeah, I would, yeah. Um, That's a lot of passive aggressive trash cans. And like dual nationality trash cans. Yikes. So, I don't know. 25 out of 10? At least. No, I don't even know. At least. I feel like there's, I feel like it may seem like we're, there's some sort of scale that like one of these is worse than the other, but they're all, no, they're all, they're all trash. 25 trash cans yelling at a crowd full of people on a desk. There, there you, you go. go. All right. Ugh. Seriously. Like I've had terrible coworkers, but, um, that, that's a different level. Woo. All right. All right. I've got got one one more. I've got one more. Okay. 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 This, I love this because midway through our very awesome listener, (laughs) put like an optional side story that is fucking trashy that of course it's not optional. optional. Okay. Okay, Go. All right. My parents split when I was very young, two or three. It wasn't much of a surprise to anyone. My earliest memory is of them fighting over my mom coming home with hickeys. Oh, hard, hard to see how there was conflict there. They'd gotten together when my mom was a teenager and my dad was 30, and by 23, mom was tired of being tied down, which actually sure. seems very reasonable. Yeah, yeah here's the way too young. Here's the totally not optional side story. During the breakup, my mom had some of her guy friends kidnap my dad, rough him up, and leave him tied up in the Everglades as a don't fuck with me warning. Oh my God. I'm guessing they didn't bring him too far because some fishermen happened by and brought him back to town before dark. (gasps) Mom was in with the local cops. She'd soon go on to date one for a few years. So it wasn't reported. I only know the story because she bragged about it once or twice while drinking. Oh my mom. Actually, actually, now that I'm typing this out, I realize it's very probable those friends were the cops. Yikes. (laughs) Oh... (laughs) At the same time, my parents are splitting. I mean, it, 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 if they were, they were probably going to go back and check on him at some point to make sure he didn't die. Maybe. Yikes. <laughs> at the same time, my parents are splitting. My maternal grandfather's estate was being settled. The family's probate lawyers came down to get through some paperwork with my mom, and she asked them to handle her divorce. My theory is that she didn't want to make the hour-long drive to the Miami courthouse. There was no marital property, and my dad wasn't contesting custody, so he didn't understand why fancy Chicago lawyers had suddenly shown up to the previously lawyer-free divorce proceedings. As the hearing progressed, it became apparent the lawyers had no idea what was going on. 
when asked about it, they admitted they were probate attorneys and had zero to oh like God. no knowledge of family law. Oh. For years afterwards, my mom would complain about how expensive it was for her to get their divorce. Because she called out-of-town probate lawyers? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Time passed. My mom moved on, dated, had another kid, nearly married again. My dad did not. I think he went on one date in the next 15 years. When I was 17, my dad died. As we were figuring out the paperwork, we learned that mom's high-priced big city lawyers hadn't filed the final divorce (gasps) paperwork correctly. As a result, my parents had never divorced. What? My mom was initially shook, but eventually that turned to excitement once she realized she'd be eligible to receive my dad's social security. Oh, mom. In two decades. Oh, mom. Except my dad worked almost exclusively under the table, so (laughs) I don't think that's going to work out the way she thinks it will. Oh, mom. (laughs) Optional side story. No, that was not optional. No, that, that that is an Everglades forest full of trash cans. Oh, there you go. There, yeah. See? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Bunch of swampy, swampy trash oh, cans. Oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mom. That is fantastic. All right, you ready for my last one? Yes. This one is from Lizzo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not really, though, right? No, I had a... Do you not think this podcast would have started entirely different? I will if turn this Lizzo podcast around. Head. Mm-hmm. No. I had a good time Naming. with aliases. Sure. This one is from Lizzo. Okay. I met my ex, Jerome, uh. back in 2008, right before I left on a six month trip to China to teach English. Hmm. We worked together at a Mexican restaurant and spent the majority of our shifts flirting and getting to know each other. He was tall, dark, and handsome, just a couple of years older than me. I was 20 and dumb. I informed him of my pending journey and made it very clear that I was not interested in any romantic entanglements. Good. So, of course, we fell in love. Perfect. I left on my trip, and we kept in touch over the six months by writing letters. I was caught up in the old-timey romance of it. And since we only spent a couple of months together before I left, I blew it up in my mind how great he was and how great we'd be together. After I returned, we reconnected and engaged in more long distance as I returned to my university. Long story short, he moved in with me two years later, and the reality of who he was hit me like a slap in the face. Hmm. He was aggressive, mean, selfish, but the sex was great. Hmm. And I was oh so young and codependent and honestly thought I couldn't do any better. Our relationship from that point was on again, off again, until I ended up pregnant. I decided to have the baby, and we thought we could pull our shit together and make this work for the kid. It's a good thought. I mean... Well, about a year later, Lizzo caught him having an affair with uh, Jerome's friend Jane, who is also his co-worker. No. Oh, Jane was also nanny to their baby. What? Okay. Okay. So cliche. It It is so cliche. cringe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But was that the end? No, I'm guessing not. Of course not. I was determined for this man to be the one. Oh boy. Sounds like she's playing both parts in this relationship at this point. Sure. He was gross and a sleaze bag and had a not a cent to his name, but he worked hard and he was the father of my child and a great dad. And I had all the justifications under the sun. Yeah. Anyway, we went into couples counseling and then joined 12-step groups, and after much hard work, we turned our relationship around, and after two years, we decided to get married. Oh. I was ecstatic. That, yeah, it's unexpected. I went into full wedding planning mode. Uh-oh. Jerome had finally realized his potential, mm. and he was living a clean and sober life. 
and the sex was still amazing, and our son was growing up into a bright little boy. Everything was great. And then it wasn't. Oh. Obviously, Jerome did not want to marry me or anyone. Apparently, he was not as happy as I was with the life we built because he proceeded to unravel it. Oh, God. Jerome started drinking again. He stopped going to meetings. His temper escalated to levels I had never seen before. He was physically abusive and scary. I wish that I could tell y'all that when he hit me, I walked out the door and never looked back. I didn't. But a week later, I received an interesting message on my tablet. It was a picture of a woman's thong-clad booty. That was it for me. Can we just refer to that as the Bentley iPad sync? (laughs) (laughs) Lizzo confronts Jerome. Jerome tearfully breaks down and reveals that he, in fact, was cheating again with another co-worker. Mm. I packed mine and my son's stuff that evening, and while he was at work, we left. It was a month before the wedding. I personally called all my friends and told them the wedding was off. When they asked why, I said plain as day that Jerome was a lying, cheating bastard, and I wasn't going to waste another second of my life on him. I even called his mom. Oh. Of course, we have a son together, so I do still waste the odd minute of my life on him. Sure. But these days, he's mainly out of the picture, and I've gone on to build the kind of life I want for myself. Good. I have my own apartment, car. I go on two trips a year to remind myself how big the world is and how small me and my problems are. Hmm. I just turned 31 this year. I hope you share my story because I want all other young women out there who are struggling to know that it's never too late to build the life you've always wanted or dreamed of. Fucking so true. (laughs) I spent a lot of time with someone who wasn't the one, even though in my heart, I believed it was so. My journey has made me who I am, and I love her. It's not easy, and I still sacrifice a lot, and I've had a really great relationship since the big split with my ex, and even though we weren't meant to be, he showed me that there were still kind and respectful men out in the world. But honestly, I remind myself every day that I am who I'm meant to end up with. Whether I take the single or married box on my taxes, I'm always going to have me. As Kate Byron says, if you want to see the love of your life, look in the mirror. Lizzo loves us very much, wants us to please keep kicking ass and showing the world that love doesn't have to be perfect or permanent to be real. Hmm. Thank you, Lizzo. Yeah. That was an amazing. That really was amazing. Trash. Good. God. I... Um, love all that story. I am my own soulmate. One day I'm going to marry me. And that's, yep. Thank you, Lizzo. That was, that took an unexpected turn. You get the first tear, tear, teary Mm -hmm. trash cans on listener letters. God. Somebody had a term for that. For when you cry. (laughs) What was the, our friend from Birmingham, uh, calls it the arc of Alicia's arc of redemption. (laughs) Here it comes. Here it comes. Alicia's Ark of Redemption. So good. And actually now probably is a good time to say to that listener, Jen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We may or may not have gotten a letter from your awesome sister who lives across country. Mm-hmm. Kindly requesting that we do a little surprise for you. Happy Libra birthday, Jen. You're amazing. We hope you enjoy your... 21st birthday. Oh, I'm sure it's I'm again sure. Again and again and again. Yep. You rock. Thanks, friend. That's listener letters. That's listener letters. Wow, this, that was amazing. God, this was such a good way to do week off. 
Like these were so much fun to read. Some of them are really like a Heroin. little heartbreaking to read, but yeah, we've had such a good time reading your stories this week and, and telling them. Y'all um, keep sending them in. Yeah, I think keeps... we're gonna have to do this again. Yeah, I, this was fun, and obviously, it should be done more. It um, has to be done more. It's so good. Keep sending your tra- your trashier divorces to trashydivorces at gmail dot com. Don't forget, we're gonna be back next Sunday with yes. the launch of season four. Y'all, so good. We've got a bunch of good stuff coming up, as well as we have our new series, our new limited series on Wednesday, Side Chicks coming up. Mm -hmm. So many good things. Hope to see you on the flip side over there. And as always, thank you for listening. Yeah. Y'all are the very best. And thank you for sending your stories in. Stay in love. Keep it trashy. Cheers, y'all. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there. And thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.